Good morning. I'm Harold Eversall, and Sean, my wife Sean and I are part of the mission staff of Fellowship Community Church. It's been great to be with you for the last two and a half years, but that was not something we had planned on. Two and a half years ago, we returned here for a four-month home leave, and that became a lot longer as we have gone through a a long time of uh, unexpected cancer, more, continually morphing, and rather recalcitrant. But through it all, God has blessed us. And one of the reasons he's blessed us is because of the way you have stood behind us in your prayers, in your encouragement. Through you and through many others, God has been teaching us to rest in him. His goodness and his mercy have been following hard after us over these past couple of years. And recently, um, Pastor Mark's wife, Marion, called me, actually she sent me an email, and she said, I really believe that you should use this time to write a book about what God has been teaching you. Well, at that point, we didn't think we had any time. We thought we were right on our way back to Bangladesh. That was before my next PET scan, which showed the cancer was active again, and God gave us some time. And we used that time to write the book that God had spoken through Marion to tell us to write. And that book is called Rest. That's going to be available after the service today at a table. And it's also available online. If you're not ready to buy it today, it's available online at blurb.com. Just go to their bookstore and search for Sean Eversall, and you'll find that book along with a couple of others that she's written. Well, you know, we're getting a chance to apply some of those lessons again as we face more transitions. And I think you'll have plenty of opportunity as well as you face the uncertainties and transitions of the life of our lives as we move into a rather uncertain future. You see, Sean and I are going to be headed down to Tennessee, we believe, sometime in September. From there, we hope to go back and forth to Bangladesh and also to care for Sean's parents. That also is uncertain, like all of life. It depends on what happens with my cancer. It depends on what happens with Sean's mom's Cancer depends on what happens with COVID. It depends on whether Jesus Christ returns to bring the fulfillment of his kingdom. Now, that would be great, wouldn't it? And that's a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. You see, we live in a country and in a world that's in crisis. Planning isn't possible. And we're living in this crisis in a rather divided State. In fact, we're kind of divided in about every which way you can be divided in this country. We're divided in politics with red and blue and left and right. We're divided ethnically. We're divided about immigrants and people who have been born here. We have a divided source of information. You've got your CNN folks, you've got your Fox News folks, and they don't agree on much of anything, do they? As we face this division, what do we do? I mean, even wearing a mask has become a battleground, right? 
One wouldn't expect that sort of thing. And you have to realize that there are spiritual forces at work and spiritual kingdoms in conflict causing all of this division. And in it, how do we know what is true? How do we do what's right? How do we live under these circumstances? We know that things weren't meant to be this way. But you know what? That's not unique. That's been true ever since the Garden of Eden. The world has gone from one crisis to another, from one type of chaos to another. And through it all, people have longed for something better. They've known it wasn't meant to be this way. There's a long-standing legend, a myth, the myth of Camelot with King Arthur, a good king who would do what is right and would lead in a good country, a country where there's justice, a country where there's mercy. That myth started way back in the Middle Ages. It continued on T.H. White wrote a book called The Once and Coming King about King Arthur. It turned into a very popular musical called Camelot. That turned into a movie. And then John F. Kennedy's wife, Jacqueline Kennedy, referred to it after his death, saying, remember, there was once a Camelot. Well, let me tell you something. There's something a lot better than Camelot that has been launched is now growing and is coming to fulfillment. And that is the kingdom of God. And that is what Pastor Mark spoke about. That's the first part of our, well, it's the first request, right? In the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God has come and brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom of light. And that is the real struggle of this world. It's not really about red and blue. It's not really about left and right. It's not really about different ethnicities. It's really about light and darkness. God is shining into this world through Jesus Christ, a kingdom of light. And one day, Jesus will return and will rule over all. And that is what we long for. That kingdom is what we are to seek. God has told us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. There won't be a need to worry. There won't be a reason to fight because Jesus Christ is ruling over all. But you know what? It's not real easy to see that right now, is it? You look around and you don't see Jesus ruling. But he is. And we can see a little bit more about that from his parables of the kingdom in Matthew 13. We're going to look at one of them now. Matthew 13, 31 to 33. It's crucial if we're going to seek the kingdom that we would be able to recognize it when we see it. It's not that good to look for something and not know what you're looking for. That's what we want to think a little bit about today. Jumping off of Pastor Mark's sermon on praying thy kingdom come so that we can learn to recognize it, be a part of it, and live it out. Matthew 13 verses 
31 to 33, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it becomes the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that birds can come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour. Now that would be a big loaf of bread, wouldn't it? That is one busy housewife. Anyhow, she mixes it in about 60 pounds of flour until it works all through the dough. And the dough rises and she's got a lot of bread there. So what do we see here about the kingdom? We see that God's kingdom starts small and it starts hidden. And then it grows and it grows and it becomes a place of refuge It becomes a source of sustenance for many. And eventually, when Jesus returns, it rules over all. And the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We see a little bit of that paradox. The something starting small and hidden and then growing and then becoming world-dominating in Luke chapter 17, verses 21 to 24, when the disciples had asked Jesus about when his kingdom was coming, and he said, Now, don't listen when people say, Here it is, or there it is, and go running after it looking for it, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's in your heart. It's inside you. Then he said to his disciples, a time is coming when you'll long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you won't see it. People will tell you, there he is, here he is, but don't go running after them. The Son of Man in his day will be like lightning which flashes up and lights up the sky from one end to another. So you see what's happening here? It's great. The kingdom starts, this tiny seed within us, you can't see it. And then it transforms our life. As it transforms more and more lives, it starts to transform systems. Justice rolls like a river and mercy, like a never-ending stream, and we get glimpses of it, but it never quite comes to fulfillment. But there will come a day when the Son of Man flashes down like lightning from one end of the sky to the other. Every eye will see him And he will come as the conquering king. And justice will indeed roll like a river. And mercy will pour out as a never-ending stream. And something a lot better than Camelot ever was will be here. A truly good king will rule over a kingdom of righteousness. And that is how we recognize that kingdom of God, that is what we look for, that is what we long for, and that is what we identify with. You see, that kingdom, we're a part of it. We're citizens of it. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there. The place where God rules. We don't have to mess around with Republican presidents and Democratic presidents and dictators and this, that, and the other. We've got a real king. We've got a true king. 
God rules. And we are citizens of his kingdom. So that makes us strangers here in the United States. Now once a few years back, I had a friend come up to me and say, man, you really need to get back to Bangladesh. You don't belong here. Well, I got a, that's probably true. But I've got a secret for you. None of us belong here. We are not at our core Americans. Or whatever race or country you may belong to. At our core, we are children of God. And that is amazing. You see, Paul put it this way. He said, in Christ, you're all children of God through faith. All of you were baptized into Christ and are clothed in Christ. And here there's no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. We are all one in Christ. So we have this new citizenship. We have a new identity. We're strangers in this world. We're aliens here in America. All of us are. So let's not get too down on immigrants, right? We're aliens. We're foreigners. We are citizens of another kingdom. But we're not to be withdrawn into these little foreign enclaves and ghettos. You know, if you go to New York, you can find a little enclave, or sometimes a very big enclave, of almost every racial group. There's a place called Jackson Heights. If you walk down the street, you'd think you were in Bangladesh. There was an apartment complex near where Sean and I lived a while back, and that had 23 families from Chittagong in the apartment buildings there, and it felt like you were in Bangladesh. But God did not call us to totally withdraw into a foreign enclave and be a part of this country, this world in which we find ourselves. He called us to a role here, a role as his ambassadors. You are therefore ambassadors of Christ, we read in 2 Corinthians 5.20, as though God were speaking through you. He's given us his message of reconciliation. He's given us a purpose. We are agents of his love. We are agents of his light here in this foreign world. It's kind of like we're the army rangers dropped behind enemy lines. And we are here to carry God's message. You see, not only are we not ultimately citizens of America or wherever your citizenship may lie, really ultimately we are not teachers doctors, construction workers, whatever your job may be, that is only your cover. Because really, you are an ambassador of the great king. And you are called here with his message of reconciliation. And that is amazing. That is what we long for. We live the kingdom. We long for the kingdom. We value it. It is worth everything in life. In Matthew 13, more parables of the kingdom, verses 44 and 45, Jesus said, my kingdom is like a treasure in a field. The man found it and sold everything he had so that he could get it. It's like the ultimate pearl that the pearl merchant sells everything he has. This kingdom is worth everything, and it is certainly worth praying for. Thy kingdom come.
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May it come within us. May we be transformed. Pastor Mark spoke to us about that. May the world be transformed by it. We long for others to come into God's kingdom. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, where we were recently talking about the armor, ended it by saying, pray. Pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. And then he says, pray for me. Pray as I present the gospel. Pray that I present it clearly and boldly. We pray for the spread of the kingdom. It says, be alert. Know what God is doing and pray for it. Pray that his power will be unleashed around the world. What are you praying for in regard to the kingdom? We pray for that kingdom within. We pray for that kingdom to spread around us. We pray for the kingdom among the Rohingya refugees in Bangladesh. Those 800,000 people were in the news a year ago. Where are they now? Guess what? They're still there. And they still need God. And they still have no home. Pray that countries here would open their borders to them. Pray that they would hear the gospel and pray that they would find their true home in the kingdom of God. What about the Syrian refugees throughout Turkey and Greece? One of our own missionaries and my own niece, Aubrey, is over there again, working among them. And you know what? They need that good news, the good news of the kingdom. What about the Chakma people? A totally Buddhist tribe that has just begun to hear the good news. And in Bangladesh, we've been able to start a couple of new education and outreach centers for them. They're in desperate need of the news of the kingdom of Christ. There are limitless opportunities to pray for the kingdom. I would urge you to adopt one or two at least. Find out about them. The kingdom is spreading. It's spreading in America. When you watch the news, don't get all bent out of shape. Don't get worried about those people on the right or all those people on the left. Pray for them. God's kingdom is coming. Pray that they would be transformed. Pray that our country would be transformed. Pray for the return of the king. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the Bible ends saying what? Come, Lord Jesus. And that is a wonderful way to pray for the consummation of the kingdom. But until that day, we live for the kingdom. We live transformed by the kingdom. We don't live like the people around us. We're citizens of that new country, that new kingdom. And we have a new king. We have a new master. No one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate the one or the other. No one can serve both God and money or whatever your other interests may be. We have the new king, a new way of living. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and approve what God's will is. So we have a new way of thinking, a new way of living, a new responsibility as ambassadors of Christ. Jesus once again said, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. He came as the light, and then he gave us that ministry of spreading 
that light and bringing transformation in lives all around us. So we long for the kingdom. We live for the kingdom as we serve as citizens and ambassadors of the great king. So when you start worrying about the state of the country or the state of the world, hey, it's a mess. Jesus said it would be. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Remember the real story. You're not going to get it on CNN and you're not going to get it on Fox. You're going to get it right here in God's word. There is a better kingdom. And God is building it. And God wants to use us. And he is using us as he builds his kingdom. It grows within us. It grows around us and grows through us. And seeking that kingdom changes everything. We have a new identity. We have a new destiny. We have a new king. We're not followers of any person here, of any movement here. We are citizens of God's kingdoms. God's kingdom and ambassadors of Christ. That frees us from the world system. That frees us from all those divisions. That frees us from all those fears. It allows us to serve as agents of peace and reconciliation in a world filled like chaos. As we shine as lights in the darkness. As we show God's love in a world filled with hate. As we speak God's truth in a world filled with lies. As we see God bring life from death. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And his kingdom is coming. We are ambassadors of that kingdom. And that frees us from our fears. That frees us from the divisions of society. And that gives us a purpose. Let's pray. Oh God, we pray that your kingdom would come. We pray that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that that would be true in our lives. We pray that that would be true in the world around us. God, free us to serve you. Free us from our fears. Free us from our divisions. May we serve as agents of your reconciliation, as agents of your love, speaking your truth in a world that desperately needs it. Oh God, may your kingdom come. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen.